This is Strange Assembly episode 189, Headhunters. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. We are here today, courtesy of Gutshot Games and the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund. You may remember last year we did a big introduction to Legend of the Five Rings episode. That was with that winner selected from the Jack Vassal Memorial Fund that, that happened in, in 2014. That went well, so we offered that up again, and Gutshot Games won that auction for their charity contribution. The Jack Vassal Memorial Fund, which you can find at jackvassal.org, provides assistance to gamers in times of need. So if you are a gamer in need, you can check that out, or you can see what they are and, and possibly contribute to their cause. But with me today on the podcast are Ben Chikoski and Danny Mandel. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Hello. I'm great. These are probably our best episodes. Something was actually contributed to the universe as a result of this episode. That's that's pretty great. And I was also <laughs> going to say, though, it's already probably your best episode. Yes. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's a lot riding on this now. Yes. 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 Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, Danny and Ben are here. Wait, it, it can only go uphill, right? You guys yeah. are here. You know what? I... I'm just going to let you guys take over the hosting duties because I think it would go better that way. Go. I don't think that's true. <laughs> no, no one would listen to that. Uh, I don't know. Well, at least at least take over uh, the the guesting duties. So, oh, okay. Who who are Danny and Ben? Well, t- together, we're sort of like uh, Voltron, we are super awesome games. So the, wonder, uh, the Wonder Twins. Uh, two lion. Vol- oh yeah, that's better. <laughs> super awesome games. We're game designers and. We work with other companies and make things and uh, make our own things. We met in college at Tufts University. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. We were pretty old. Uh, then we worked at various places. We worked at Upper Deck. We worked at uh, 38 Studios in um, Rhode Island. And everything went great until... <laughs> um, and then we uh, started our own design company, which we'd always wanted to do since we met in college. So... Uh, we're doing it, and we still have our our houses, and can keep yeah. the lights on. So, so it must be going well. Yeah, it's going all right. That's always a, a positive. So, you super awesome games, designs games. You guys design games. So, what is your most brag worthy design? Do you think? Pro- probably, yeah. Ben made a game when he was twelve with a little with little corks as ships. In, you play on a bucket of water, and then you hang little metal things on the ships when they sink, and they really sink to the bottom. And that's probably the best game. It's the best game. But the problem is it's really hard to get rid of the bucket of water after. And only and only six people have played it. Yeah. But, uh, no, probably probably uh, Legendary Encounters, the Alien deck-building game, came out a couple years ago. Um, and then had a sort, of, sort of a sequel a year later with Predator. And then uh, this coming Gen Con in about a month, uh, in a few weeks, uh, we have a Firefly version coming out. All of those games are from uh, through Upper Deck. So that's probably our, our best-known games. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've played Legendary Encounters Alien, and it's uh, it's really good mechanics, but I'm not the, the hugest Alien fan in the world. However, I, I am a, a massive Firefly fan. Is it 
possible for me to kind of sneak in a little bit early to Gen Con and you guys can slip me a copy? No? Uh, sure. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. Or we'll say out loud yes. on the podcast, and then absolutely, who knows? Meet us at Smith, the corner of Smith and Jones, where there's a Poke Lord, and uh, <laughs> under a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Pokemon have do seem to have taken over the the world in the last it's, week or so. It's crazy. It's pretty. It's a pretty amazing idea. I think. I think there's some. Uh, kinks to be ironed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw that two guys fell off a cliff today. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get a rare Pokemon. They're both still alive, yeah. so it's okay. So it's okay to laugh. We played Pokemon. <laughs> we played the card game in college. Yeah, twenty years ago. Yeah, like and the miniatures game. Yes, and there's did. all the video games. And like yeah. it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's amazing longevity. Well, I I did not know that there was ever a Pokemon miniatures game. The miniatures were great. They're beautiful, and the mechanic was actually pretty cool. They were on this. They were on circular bases and they spun. Yeah, when you'd and attack. You, when you would attack, and so the, it was imagine like a pie chart, and the pie chart was attack, defense, special ability, or whatever. And when you would attack, you would spin your Pokemon on the base. And the miniatures were beautiful. Cool. They were really big and well painted, and the molds were awesome. But it lasted like three months. I, I said, guaranteed, this is going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. And then like it's just in clear, it's it disappeared immediately. immediately <laughs> yeah. yeah, I liked. I thought it was really the miniatures alone. I thought people would just collect. Them. Yeah, it was a weird one. Pokemon. It, yeah, no, but the the card game did have does that not did does have a lot of longevity, right? It is still going on. It's unreal. I yeah. I worked right after college. I worked at a game store, and we couldn't keep it in stock. And you know, we, so we just keep like raising the prices of the booster packs because we're we're jerks, I guess. <laughs> um, but but we would talk about like the, none of the kids knew how to play. Like we actually would, you know, we're like you know nineteen and we're playing Pokemon the card game. But I had my Blastoise deck. Wow. Yeah, yeah I'm going to name drop. Uh, but Jeez. then, uh, <laughs> and my Wiggly Tough deck. And Wiggly then the, 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 the kids would come in and we would talk about like the way they would play is they just have their cards in the binders and they would just open up their binders and look at the cards and talk about how like Charizard was 120 and the other, you know, it was, there's no game for the kids. Yeah. I was cool. It was just collecting it. Yeah. My kids are now about, they see it at Target every day. Yeah. We, uh, some kids from uh, next door came over, and my kids were like, "We got Pokemon on the phone." And then the kids from next door were like, "That's not real. We have the cards." And it was like a thing. Oh boy! And I just, I just stayed out of it. I'm too old for that. My kids, I got them a few cards, and they, you know, my son wants to play games with me. My oldest son wants to play games with me. He's ten all the time. My youngest son was like, "Eh, no thanks. I'm gonna watch a, a silly show on Netflix." But he wants to play Pokemon sometimes, and I'm like, "What?" Mm, Here's this other thing we could play. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> so, because it sometimes uh, when you just sort of play casually, it's sort of, you know, it's sort of um, deterministic. I guess. Yeah, it gets repetitive. I would say, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I always used to speculate that I would stop playing uh, Legend of the Five Rings whenever my my oldest got old enough to pick up something like Pokemon, because I was just not going to be able to sustain two CC uh, two CCG things. I guess yeah. I was mistaken about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you just keep going. It just expands. Well, no, I knew that well, that, that L5R uh, oh, right. ceased to be a CCG. <laughs> no, it's going to get easier. It's going gonna, it's gonna to come out. It is going to get easier. The new model is going to be great. It's going to be a great jump on point. Yes, it will be. And it's, it's so much easier to justify playing multiple of the uh, expandable yeah. style things instead yeah. of multiple. See, like, I can... 
I can spend, you know, 10 to $15 a month buying Star Wars LCG, even though I only play it every two months, right? You, it's hard yeah. to do that when you're dropping like $150 at a time for a booster box. It's unbelievable. We, we go over, you know, our, all our board games are expensible, so, which is pretty sweet. So we keep track of them as we go. And I, my wife and my, my partner, Danny, are always <laughs> like, you're buying too many games. You're buying yeah. so many games. Yeah, he says we buy games, but yeah. he means he buys games. Yeah, but then it gets to the end of the year and it's like nothing compared to what I spent on like TCGs back yeah, in the back day. In the and I have way more income now than I did yeah. as a, you know, a college kid. So I don't know. Yeah. I, TCGs are insane. Yeah. The value for board games is just super high. Yeah. Or expandable card games. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I I have to like Magic, and I I saw that you, you guys on your website have a wall of game, and I saw Magic is on there, and Magic is an amazing game, and I I kind of hope I never like really play it again. I <laughs> I get the little two player things sometimes if I yep. get a good deal on them, and I figure okay, the kid and I can can play these a little bit. I mean, he's five, so he can't really play it, <laughs> right? But but we still kind of can, and that's fine if it's you know five or ten or twenty dollars, but. Yeah, the the boxes thing, and I, uh, I just gotta stay away from that. I remember being in college, and like, almost, it felt like weekly, I would spend my whole work study check on yeah. on cards. Like, oh, go buy a ninety dollar box of cards. Like, it's, yeah, and there was no. I can't Amazon imagine or doing or that it's now, a, right? No it's, cool a, stuff. it's unreal. I get it. It's, <laughs> it's unreal. Although my first Star Trek TCG pack I ever bought, I got Picard. And then you're hooked. So I said, oh, this game's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep buying this. I never got a card anywhere near as good as that card yes. the rest of my, like, for the next three years. So. Yeah, is that the, the Decipher one? Yep. The <clears throat> I still have all my Decipher Star Wars cards. Like, all these Darth Vader's. play Raiders. with your kids someday. Someday, if I can remember the rules. Yeah. yeah I remember the- that could be hard. Um, <laughs> there are complicated rules. I, I played Decipher a lot. I, I sold my Star Wars. Because those were much more valuable, and I I played that less. I still have all of my Star Trek because I was a colossal geek about it, and I actually went to the World Championships for the Star that's Trek awesome. TCG three wow. years in a row. Nice. <laughs> How many years? Three years in a row. Oh, that's awesome. And only then I three, only three years. <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> I played more than that, but uh, I ended up before before they switched it over to the second edition. I got out, but yeah, when it's interesting too because I. I say this to somebody who who loved playing that game and loved the community and and played it a lot. Man, there were some design holes in that game, just enormous ones. Whoever thought it was a good idea to have every single card be like, this is the only thing you can do this turn, or you can do an infinite number of these every turn with no resource constraints, oh, yeah. the number of cards you can draw. I, I don't know who came up with that idea, but that was not a good resource management system. No, yeah, no. Those were those were early years. Yeah, we were they they were really still learning. <laughs> like like you know, Magic came out and then like Spellfire, but then like you had like the Jihad, the Netrunner, yeah. like games that had all all kinds of resource problems. You know, until they yeah. figured it out, right? I enjoyed the spear. I think what attracted me that was a huge Star Trek nerd. Like I've seen. Every episode of every series and every, including the animated series. He has multiple times, right? Have you gone through? I don't think I've done two full passes, but I'm, that's what I'm working on. Yeah. But, so I'll just, I'll constantly be in the middle of some Star Trek series, probably for the rest of my life. But what it was so attractive is that it was so different and they really tried, they did try to capture the spirit. I mean, there was more combat than the average episode or whatever, but they did try to make a galaxy and you move your ship around and, it felt very different than the sort of abstract combat of magic or whatever. 
Yes, and they actually managed to handle the locations relatively well in that yep. one. I've once it, in something like a, a CCG, it, it seems to me that once, as soon as you add an element of position into the game, you have to start being very careful. The right, the the Star Wars the CCG had more problems with that because it started to get very precise. Like you're at the location, but then are you in the ship or are you in that ship? Or are you walking on the ground or some locations had multiple locations within them, right? Yeah, yeah you have a, you the death planet and then the parts yeah, inside it or something like sites for people <clears throat> and then right. planets for ships. Where's Trek seemed to be okay with that. I mean, you could have different people on specific ships if you had multiple ships at one location, but they, they seem to, to handle that yep. relatively well. So, and, and they were different enough. Both of their games were different enough that unlike almost anything else, they did not get tagged by the, the Watsi patent on magic. Right. Yes. They didn't really have any of that. I don't think, right? No, they, they mm-hmm. almost, uh, without paying attention to it did once and then they changed it quickly. Uh, oh. When they when they released the first contact set, they introduced these cards that had a mechanic they called countdown, where it would be in play. It would have a number on it. It would be in play a certain number of turns. Oh. And in the original rule sheet, the way that you tracked it was by rotating the card 90 degrees each turn to show it. And then right after the ex- they released the expansion, they said, no, 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 don't rotate the card. Use tokens or a die. Yeah, because they were scared. Yeah. Sure, because <laughs> tapping was the the hook that. In, in Magic's patent that, that let them tag all the other yep. CCG companies. So. Yeah, it's funny. I don't know. So, I, I mentioned that you had a wall of, a wall of game, and I, I recognize all of the games on it except for Snorda. What is Snorda, and why is it an awesome game? So yeah, this is, this is sort of like Ben and my, you know, on our website. These are like games that we both really, really, really like. Cause there's know, lots of games that I really like that Danny should like but doesn't, and there's lots of games that Danny does like but shouldn't. Right. But these... But, yeah. <laughs> what a jerk. But these <laughs> but these are the ones that overlap, and we need we need to add more. We've played, you know, more games since we've updated this thing. But but Snorta... Snorta is... Is, is it uh, out of the box? Is it out of the box game? Yeah. Uh, it's the, you know, the, the people who make apples to apples. Um, it's a kid's game, ultimately, and it's and it's sort of uh, like uh, you've played like Slapjack, you know, which is you're flipping cards quickly, and then you sort of when a certain condition is met, you, whoever grabs it first wins. Or it's it's one of those games, but they do it with animals, and you have each person has an animal. And they have a little barn, and you have a little barn to hide your animals. So you have to sort of remember what everybody else's animal is, right? And everyone's different. So let's say like I'm a pig, and, I, and my sound you have to make a sound. Obviously, that's how you sort of like buzz in. Yeah. I'm a pig. I go oink oink, and Ben's a snake, and he goes. Very good, very good. So now you're playing. But that's not. But you're we're playing Slapjack, right? But it's more insidious than that. It's worth, and all the cards are animals that don't necessarily match the animals that Ben and I are. And if two people ever have the same animal showing, no matter what animal it is, you have to make the sound of the other player. So if Ben and I both have a dog showing, I have to see that Ben is the other person with a dog. And he, what animal is he? Oh, he's a snake. And then I have to go and ben, But inevitably ben, he'll say woof or oink or something right. else. Or we're both staring at each other trying to remember what the other person's animal is. Yeah. So it's, you can play without the barns, it's more for like little kids, and, and you're making cute noises, and yeah. you're trying to pay attention. But my, my main experience with this game is, is me and Ben and two other like mid-30s guys playing around a table, like making animal sounds at each other as fast as you can to win the little mini contests. 
and we're just laughing hysterically. And then there's uh, various times you have to switch what your animal is, and it just gets goofier and goofier. Playing games for me isn't always about laughing specifically. It's about having fun. But, but like, as far as, like, belly laughs go, this is... Maybe the number one game, the hardest I've ever laughed at. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. And there's cards that will switch up which animals people have. So once you think you have everybody figured out, and it plays actually plays one of those rare games that plays better with more people. Yeah. So those are the reasons that we love it. Like Mm -hmm. it's simple, it's hilarious. There's cute little animals. Play with tons of people, and the and the components are great. Yeah, Yeah, the components. (laughs) The kids like my. I have a six year old and a four year old. So, you know, they just like the, the animal. We, you know, my son made a battle game version. Where we like fought <laughs> each other. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. your son's ten. Yeah. Right? So that's why we like Snorda. So I'm curious. So I'm I'm impossibly bad at Slapjack or any one of those games that requires you to hit the cards in yeah. the middle before somebody else does. Am I am I doomed if I try to play Snorda? Well, you don't no. have you don't have to be quick. You just have to sneak the sound. You have to. Rem- it's all it's a lot of memory. And quickness, recalling that memory. But the, that's the other thing. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. I'm horrible at this game. <laughs> horrible at the game. And I think it's a great sign of a game when you don't have to, like, th- that your enjoyment doesn't derive just from winning the game. Like, you can just have a fun time because you just, I'll go through eight animals and be yeah. like, nope, it's none of those. And yeah. I just, like, can't remember it's, what it is. The, there's parts where two people, like, there's a battle going. You're, you know, one of the things we talk about all the time is, like, are you invested during the game even when it's not your turn? Yeah. And obviously this game, your turns are pretty fast because you just, like, flip a card, flip a card. Well, everyone, but, yeah. But when, let's say, let's say you and Ben are, like, you know, are the same animal suddenly with your cards and it's, it's a face-off between the two of you, it's just really amusing because, like, Sometimes you'll stare at each other for five or six seconds, which feels like an eternity, yeah. going through the brain processes of, like, what's this animal, what's this animal, what's this animal? And if the cards were letters instead of also animals, the game would not... It wouldn't work. wouldn't work. Yeah. Your your instinct is to, oh, I match dogs, make a dog, what does a dog say? Woof, okay, make a dog sound. Right. No. That's not correct. <laughs> uh, although, it might be. <laughs> right, so it's even more. Yeah. But no, so you're not doomed. It's you have to sort of click your brain a certain way to yeah. to process it. Um, Almost ignore the form on the card. Yeah, match the color, and then don't think about what that animal is. And as Ben said, even if you are doomed, it's still fun. It is. <laughs> and we do not work for them or are anyway affiliated <laughs> with the game. We're, we're... And we designed that game in 2007. No, <laughs> yeah. no. but that's why that's why it's on our uh, Hall of Game page. Okay. Well, we we talked a little bit earlier about trading card games and expandable card games. And you guys, in the past, I believe, or at least you, Ben, did you? I think both of you worked on a one trading a trading card game or another at the time. Uh, but we both, have, yeah, yeah. But now, but Headhunters, the eponymous Headhunters for this episode, uh, that is an expandable game. So what? What is different about designing for a trading card game or collectible card game or whatever you want to call it versus sure. designing for an expandable game? That's a good question. It, you want to go from the CCG well, yeah, and I'll say how this is different? Yeah, because Head, Headhunters is, is uh, you know, it's not just, it's, Ben will explain how it's like, it's sort of a minis game, like, uh, with, that uses cards to drive the action. Talk about the collect, like the blind yeah. reel and I'll talk about Yeah, the, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah it's not, it, yeah. Headhunters is an expandable game. It is not an 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 expandable, just a deck card game. Right. Sorry. Right. Well, the 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 big thing, and it was funny. I was thinking about this when you were talking about Star Trek. Is the designers have a lot more control um, when when we know uh, sort of when we're doing it in like a, a here we're going to do this fixed amount of cards, 
and we can really, you know, play test and develop this card, this, you know, together. We know that players will have all of these cards when they buy the product, as opposed to uh, booster packs. And you know, who knows? You might have one copy of, you know, a rare. Talk about uh, like WoW or oh yeah, right. So we, we used to we used to work on uh, the the World of Warcraft uh, trading card game, you know, and there were commons, uncommons, rares, and then like myth epic rares that were super hard to find, you know. So developing for that, it's just very different where you have to sort of you don't because you're you're not just making the game for the top players who want to buy all the cards. You're making the game for the casual players who just want to like check it out. There's also you know aspects where because you have like so many commons that like players if they buy a lot of packs they're going to have you know multiple copies of these. You want to do stuff like uh, make you know like limited formats like sealed deck or, or or booster draft with the expandable format where you sort of go all right here's the fixed amount of cards like this is you know something we work on uh, currently uh, the, the versus system reboot which is the you know superheroes and the aliens and, and stuff. Uh, Which is expandable, not a TCG. Right. The old version was a TCG. The new version um, is is expandable. Uh, we just have a lot more control. We know, like, okay, this new set, you will get all the cards instantly. We don't have to worry about, you know, scarcity or anything like that. And we can just sort of put in cards w- w- with that knowledge, basically. We don't have to worry about, like, well, this card doesn't do anything unless you have, four, you know, four copies. You know, that kind of thing. Do you want to? Yeah, and as, as far as something like Headhunters goes or Versus... The number one thing I think, I guess the players might disagree, but is there's a lot less chaff, and I don't mean chaff in a bad way, but like in WoW TCG, because of limited and because we had to have, it was random booster packs, there's a bunch of cards that you are sort of limited in their use and maybe for limited uh, for sealed deck or for draft, that once you sort of, if you don't play limited, or once you sort of move past limited for that set, sort of just gather dust later. An expandable thing, like everything has to sort of pull its own weight because there, there aren't rarities and everything needs to sort of do, it needs to do something a little less. So in some ways, it's less design space, I would say, because we can make more narrow cards in a TCG, right? You could yeah. make a card that refers to one, like make a card that we were talking about the other day just does something with wands. Right. Like, that card's not that useful for a lot of the classes in WoW, for example, um, but you could make that card. We wouldn't make that card in Versus, necessarily, because we want as many cards as possible to be useful for as many kind of types of decks. And part of it is just, the sh- like uh, Ben's alluding to, is just the sheer volume of cards you have to make in a trading <clears throat> card game to sort of keep up and keep putting out you know those kinds of expansions. We would make 800-plus cards a year yeah, whereas for a while. With, expand- with the expandable model, we can be more, like like Ben's saying, like, we can be more precise, and these are the, exactly the cards we want. We don't have to put in sort of... Uh, filler is not the right word, because that's more for like limited yeah. play. But uh, That's know. 800 unique cards. And then like for Versus, I think, is 80-something... For a big set, you need yeah. cards, but you get four copies of all those cards. Yeah, which we also is a this is a side thing, but you know we we you know we, we want it's weird as the designers like obviously we want to sell packs for you know we want the company to do well, but we mostly want the players to enjoy the game, and it's a lot easier to get like the full game into players' hands with an expandable model. You know? Yep, and so in Headhunters, what we have is you know we think people are going to buy based on what their preferences. Headhunters has ten different characters. And head stands for heroes of every age and dimension, although there's some villains as well. So there, you know, there's a, there's a Viking, there's a 19th century boxer, there's a robot assassin who just wants, is a pacifist and doesn't want to fight anymore. There's a, but he still will. There's a witch, a witch bird who can turn into an owl and she's a horrific person. We don't talk about her. 
there's an Anubis warrior from Egypt with who has the head of a dog and the body of a uh, a man. There's an Amazon archer. So there's a lot of different, and there's there are more. There are four more. That was six, I think. So we think people will start there, like sort of what interests them just thematically. And then you know the game needs to be fun. If you don't buy all of them, obviously we want everyone to buy every one, every figure. But we know that's not realistic, so we don't want it to be the case where, well, really you need to buy eight of them to enjoy the game. No, you can buy two of them and enjoy the game. And each figure comes with its own deck, but there are deck-building rules, so you can switch uh, the cards between characters as well. So the more you get, sort of exponentially, the more different decks you can make. You're talking about a deck, but I know, watch the video, I mean, it looked like there were some pieces that were hexes, and there was some sort of measurement, like almost like you were moving around in a miniatures game. How does... Yes. Yep, so there are ten characters, like I said. Eat the the coolest thing about Headhunters is the toys are, they're sort of, they're not Funko Pop toys. They're in a similar style. They're taller, they're bigger than that. And the head, the top of the head comes off, and inside that head is everything you need for a full-fledged card-driven miniatures game. So the hexes that you saw are cards that you're playing. They're also th- they're sort of cards you're playing like you would play in a- another TCG, in WoW or Magic or whatever. Uh, they also can be played onto the table as terrain, or, or some of them can, yep, or some are units that will join you. Like, for example, the 19th century boxer has a cut man who follows him around and tries to heal him. <laughs> so, and then there are also dice, and there's a measuring string and platforms for the to show like precise position of your characters as they move around on the board. So it's a the the basic concept is it's a game all in that figure and it's a single figure game. So there are rules for more than two players, but I just have one figure. And the object is to knock out the other person's figure in a one-on-one game. There are, you know, there are other uh there are bounty cards where you have to try to achieve specific things before you do that, and, and things, in especially in multiplayer games. But the basic idea is I have one figure, and because it's card-driven, it plays out very differently. And you can build, like I said, you can build that deck however you want. So you can just use the cards that come with the figure, or you can sort of mix and match as you like. Yeah, and there's, there's like, as Ben was sort of talking about, the, the, the different types of characters, they have different play styles, right? So, like, the Amazon... Uh, you know, she wants to, you know, shoot at you with her bow and then sort of skitter out of the way when you, when you try to close on her. Unless, you know, the other characters playing the, you know, the, the Egyptian, uh, like, like, uh, jackal-headed guy, yep. he's got lots of ranged attacks, so you actually want to get up and close to him. And you're, basically the, like Ben mentioned, there's, there's, uh, the game starts with some terrain in play and you're constantly like moving around and trying to get, you know, advantage on the other, uh, unit. To, which basically, there's dice, it's dice-based combat. Mm-hmm. So you'll have, uh, improved dice rolls and, uh, either on offense or defense if you have cover or if you have, if you're behind them, you know, you can do sort of backstab attacks. Yep. D- Donovan the Fist Corbett, who is the 19th century boxer, uh, has no range attacks. He likes, obviously. He likes the punch. But he really enjoys punching people up close. So. <laughs> and then that can be, like I said, you can still play him and you could mix in some of the bow attacks from the Amazon if you wanted to give him some bow attacks. Um, so we design all those cards in groups of six cards, so that we call them pods. And there are attack pods, and there are movement pods. And then as you build your deck, you need to have one movement pod, one defense pod, two attack pods, etc. 
And so that's how you swap them out. So it's not like you don't have to build one card at a time to make your deck. You're sort of like, wow, I really like the attack cards from the Viking. I'm going to put those in. I think they'll go well with the the weapon cards that Donovan already has because he has brass knuckles. That's his weapon. Really, his mind is his weapon. <laughs> this guy's weapon. But, uh, yeah, yeah, one, one of the things we're always uh, we think about is the you know sort of the bar- the barrier to entry. Like, how hard is it for players to like learn the game and then learn sort of the strategies? And we've definitely experienced uh, you know when when you when you hand somebody a deck, they're like, okay, cool. And then if you then said like, now go make a deck, depending on what the game is, they might be totally lost, right? Like, it's in, a big it, jump from play this deck someone else made. Who's a professional game designer, probably, to now make your own deck. Right. Yeah. But the pod system that Ben was talking about just makes it a lot easier. You sort of just, we're trying to bridge that gap. Yeah. yeah. Now, we talked about Gen Con a minute ago and one of your other games coming out at Gen Con. Headhunters, if I understand correctly, is set to come out in 2017. Is there going to be a, a demo presence at Gen Con? Or? Yes, there's going to be, um, there are going to be four different characters you can come and play with full decks and actual prototype toys. So you get to see the quality of the toys with the full paint and everything and then all the components. So none of that will be, the toys are pretty much final, but the cards are still, we're still, you know, we're 98% done on exactly what the cards look like. Um, but it's, it's the game. So we'll be demoing that game and then there'll be a Kickstarter in the fall. And the, yeah, the game will come out as, you know, as soon as possible in 2017 after the Kickstarter. Now, if, if somebody's at Gen Con and is, is looking to, to do the demo of this, are you, uh, is the demo being done like at, at a Gutshot Games booth in the exhibitor hall? Is that a ticketed event that people would look for in a different room? Nope, it's at the Gutshot Games booth. Okay. Which I'm looking up right now, Chris. <laughs> ben, ben will, Ben will be there. Yeah, we I will be there demoing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday the whole time. And they have some awesome, James has some awesome giveaways. There's some great giveaways that you can earn for taking demos and doing other social media type things. They're really, really cool. And Eric the Viking, his name's Eric Thainson, is going to be there. And he's about, I don't know, eight feet tall. So there'll be like a... Version of him, someone in that costume, not me. Unfortunately, I'm too too tall. <laughs> no, oh, I'm bad. just short enough to be in the costume. <laughs> and if you play against Ben, just he he plays really aggressively, so let him overextend. Wow. And then just you know let let let, let your openings come to you. No one will beat me. <laughs> no one will beat me at Gen Con for sure. <laughs> I'll give them the giveaway immediately if. I'm still trying to find the uh, thing. Sorry, you, you can edit this part out. I'm sure. Well, well, now you better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, it's you. You searching around for the booth <laughs> sounds like you're doing that. Sounds. A, I mean, here we could say audience. You when you get to Gen Con, there will be a map with an alphabetical list of company names and then a number next That's to true it. Too. <laughs> G. That's a good point. I guess I don't need to. G for gut shot. <laughs> cucumber flavored lays. That's not it. This is this is an interesting Twitter feed. There. It's it's gosh, uh, I know, I know. Um, I don't know what it is. Just listen to the sweet sounds of Ben scrolling. That's right. <laughs> Just look look for a huge Viking 
in a, a huge Viking costume. Yeah. So, so if I try to walk past your booth without stopping, does that mean that I'm I'm going to get stalled out by a bunch of people taking their their pictures with the uh, the giant Viking? Or hopefully, yes. yes. No. <laughs> like, I don't know if he'll always be at the booth. I think he'll be wandering around too. I think it's actually James's wife who's going to be in yes. the costume. Yes. So I think it's totally dependent on her uh, <laughs> en- en- enthusiasm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the costume is awesome. We've seen pictures of it, and it's great. I don't know. I mean, I guess we should just disregard you from now on, Danny, because you can't even be bothered to come with us to Gen Con. But... <laughs> He'll be there. I'll be I'll be wandering around. Oh, you'll be there. You just want you, you just don't get stuck at the booth. So okay, so now we know who is in charge. One of you gets to wander around. One of you gets stuck at the booth all day. Danny, no, Danny will mostly be at, at the upper deck booth demoing our games with upper deck. Ah, at the gut shot. Yeah. Oh, you're just that. That's uh, that first world problems, right? We've just got too many games at too many companies. We can't There's demo too them many all. Games. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we, no, we, we only have three coming out with Upper Deck. Three with Upper Deck. Yeah, yeah, we do it. We we tend to do it by the 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 leads. We Ben and I, whenever we take on a project, we always have one of us be the lead, and that way that person can sort of run the show and and you know settle settle arguments. Um, yeah. And he's and he's lead of. It's uh, good to have a tiebreaking system when you have two people. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. have some sort that of that way we don't go to bed mad. I guess. Yeah. Is, but yeah, he's lead of uh, Headhunter, so that's why he got mm-hmm. he got to do that. Okay. Well, now I'm not just curious. So, what is the? So, if you said three from Upper Deck, is that that's Legendary Firefly? Yep. Probably another expansion for or some sort of release for Versus. And what's yep. the third thing? The aliens. It's a, the Alien Universe for Versus. Yep. Oh, okay. What's the third game? You don't. I mean, don't sound too excited about that. <laughs> yeah, Alien Universe. Well, uh, X Men. They're cool. Firefly. I. Like I said earlier, I, I mean, I, I don't dislike Alien, but, you know, you can't be a fanboy for everything. That's true. That's fair. Yeah. I get nervous if you're if someone says they like like everything that you bring up. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I liked Aliens, and then we, you know, we're going to make the game, and then I, I watched a lot of Aliens. So now, like, now I know those movies, yeah. like, really well, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I got, I got the name wrong on the oh. demo, and I, like, got I got pounded on on the <laughs> Curse you, Internet. But the third one is The Crow, which is a board game based on the movie, the Brandon Lee movie. Okay. I like that film. I know I don't. I like that movie a lot, actually. I forgot how much I liked it. Yes. Uh, and then I watched it many times. <laughs> yeah. It's really, it really whole. I mean, it's, you can tell the parts where he's not around yes, anymore. Yes. And, but the movie is very tight and holds up, I think. The I think writing's cool. really good. The world, yeah, there's a lot of good quotes. That's one of the things we look for when we're doing, <laughs> in a, you know, a licensed game is like, we need names for cards a lot of times. <laughs> we need a lot of names for cards and Crow has a ton, so. There are a, a massive amount of quotes that many of them can't be repeated on this podcast. Well, some are edited a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so. That one's fun because that one's not, you know, that's not another Encounters game or a, or a, a Versus expansion. That's a totally new yep. uh, game that, that Ben Ben was lead of, but it's it's, it's pretty cool. So I'll, I'll be demoing that too. Hmm. Yeah, probably. Well, we'll see. <laughs> I'm gonna sneak away a few times to yeah. do some. Huh. Now, see, now I'm curious. You, I'm uh, I'm searching on on BGG and it's uh, not coming up. I do you got Upper Deck needs to. 
Yeah. To, to update, or maybe, or, or, or somebody needs to fix the search algorithm because I'm, I'm searching on the crow and I'm getting things like some, some 2005 game, some 1994 game with an average rating of 3.43. I hope that's not what you're no. remaking. Or you're not no, remaking that. <laughs> no. No, it's not on here yet. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what they've talked about yet. Other than it's going to be there. He's done this. Uh, he's t- Jason's talked about it to some people. Yeah. If you, if you know, if the person likes the movie, then the game will feel very natural, I think. Yeah. We tried. So I guess what, if, if you guys were at Gen Con and did not, you know, suffer from having games designed to, to, to demo there, what would you want to go do at, at Gen Con if, if let off a leash? This year? Or any, or any, oh, yeah. in, in, this, I guess this year in particular, years I would generally. go to the Gut Shot Games booth. <laughs> yes. And, and check out Headhunters, it sounds great. I would take my picture with, with the Viking. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing is to walk the floor of the exhibit hall. We build in some time to do that, like we'll be doing that mostly Sunday. I just like to see, I mean, I think the community at Gen Con is great. I think they run a great con. It's big. It's, you know, it's a lot of people, but. We endured some Comic Cons, so it's yeah. nothing compared Gen to Comic Con. So much better than Comic Con for games, <laughs> and just for the masses and just yeah. the hysteria and yeah. stuff. But I love walking the floor and you know seeing people that I know and have worked with and 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 uh, try. I try to sit for some demos and stuff of things, especially that I haven't really heard about. Right, like that's what I want to see. You know, there's a lot of games that have a ton of press and previews, and you know, I don't. I don't feel like I need to get hands-on with those games, really, yeah. to learn about them. Like, I'm going to buy Seafall. Like, right. as, soon, as soon as I can buy Seafall, I'm going to buy Seafall. Right, right, right. But I don't necessarily need to go see it at Gen Con, and it's also going to be packed and sold out. And right. Everything. But, we, yeah, we definitely came across some gems. Like, what was the what, Game of 49 we came yeah. across? Yeah, awesome um, game. Which is just, like, a, this, this, like, auction game. Uh, it's sort of like, it's sort of like, like uh, bingo. bingo. Yeah. But it's like competitive bingo where you're trying to make five in a row on a board. Yeah, it's sort of a very weird concept. And we, we, we met the designer there and it was just, it was, it was awesome. It was really fun. Yeah. So we like, the, the, like we saw Letter Tycoon for the first time there, uh-huh. I think, which we actually just played. Yep. Um, we finally got our copy. But, uh, it's, uh, it's fun to see the, yeah, the, 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 the non, the not, like sort of super uh, popular sounding games, and, and, and we get to work on some huge licenses, but we're not huge names in the industry by any means. So you know, we find I find my comfort level in sort of the same people that are trying to, <laughs> yes. trying, to trying to make their way, you know, through. <laughs> yeah. And then you know, there's a lot of good ideas out there. You have to find the signal and extract it from the noise. I think sometimes, but I love walking the floor, and I like going in the tournament hall too, and just seeing like. Yeah. Just I just walk around. And everyone always stares at me. But you're tall. I am tall, and I'm always dressed in a huge, like an eight foot Viking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like I do like the tournament. I, well, there's it's some, there's something very gratifying about seeing a bunch of like like tournament play like people playing in a tournament of one of playing our playing your games seriously. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that that part's cool, especially until they go. What happens with this interaction? We go. Oh God, let's <laughs> no. go behind this curtain and, and no. figure it out. No. No. But it's cool, especially watching the like the, the top tables making plays that you know are like really that, really high level. Then I see like five moves ahead, and Danny's like, "Oh my gosh! Oh I my gosh! Yeah, yeah, amazing!" But uh, I would actually, if I were totally just free for Gen Con, which I didn't, I've never been, take a nap. I would no, I would I would find out what's going on in all those other side rooms. Like there's all the, they'll be like LARPing and like, I'd want to do puzzle True games Dungeon again. And, I like oh, I've only done that once. It was pretty fun. Have yeah, you done yeah. that, Chris? I have not. It's pretty cool. 
Jay, my uh, one of my common partners in in crime here, is doing that this year. And I said, "Oh, you wish you do this with." He's like, "Um, okay, but it's sold out." Everyone, oh, okay. Yeah, it's such uh, a phenomenon now. When I did it, it was like people were like, "Oh, that's a neat idea." It was we like the did first one. We did we, the, the spider one. The spider one. That, was, I that was, I think, their second year. Yeah. They do have player elimination where you just sit, stand and watch. Start, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> well, it's become a whole genre now, though. Like, now it's, it's a like, whole With, like, Escape the Rooms yeah. and the uh, Five Wits and all yep. those kinds of games. That's cool. So the the uh, the eight-foot-tall Viking is... Is the eight foot tall Viking your your favorite character, or is that just was that one it was it was easy to get an awesome costume for, or or how is that selected as the the iconic Gen Con uh, I James, presence? I think James. Well, we talked about characters we wanted and that would play well in a demo based on their cards first, and we wanted to have a diverse group. That's one of the cool things about the the ten characters in general is that they're very diverse. It's not ten white man men, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we tried to do that, and we tried to represent groups that are underrepresented, I think, in my opinion, in, in games in general. Um, now that we're talking about the white man, uh, the Viking, uh, he, we felt like the Viking was super accessible to people, you know? You'll know what you're looking at. Yeah, you say, oh, that's a Viking, <laughs> right away, yeah. you know? And you, you sort of get, okay, I'm supposed to just charge at you and, right. and bash you with my axe. And then after that, we, you know, we wanted toys that would look good as prototypes to really get people excited. And he looks great. He has real some nice detail on his helmet and his face is really funny. He has a big mustache. <laughs> so, and then I think after that, I'm not sure how he chose that for the costume. One day we just got pictures of this costume. Being made. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we were not involved. And, in an, the... <laughs> and an email from James that said, uh, this is going to have to stay in your room because I don't have room for it. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Maybe his wife picked it or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> but it is awesome looking. It is really great looking. Yeah. No, I, I, Gen Cons do seem to be a thing recently in gaming. We actually did an episode called Vikings earlier this year because we had, in relatively quick suce- succession, played Blood Rage yeah. and Champions of Midgard and Raiders of the North Sea, plus <laughs> TMG through Bottle Cap Viking and Vikings in with my copy of Orleans Deluxe, so we played that too. Oh wow! <laughs> they're like the new zombies. They're the new zombies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess it, but somebody said Mars. Mars apparently maybe is the next big thematic thing. That's yeah, yeah. That's happening for sure. There's car. There's games that people, I see a you know a press release or something, and I'm thinking that game already came out, and it's just like has three of the same four words in the title right. or whatever as Mars or Martians and a march and a mission. To Mars and like <laughs> red planet, red, it's red. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I know that when when uh when we sat down and one of the guys in my group got out Champions of Midgard and he described it, I'm like, wait, are you sure? I, I that, is that the game I just kickstarted? That sounds exactly like Raiders of the North Sea, and they're they don't play it all the same, but they're thematically the exact same yeah. thing. I had to go double check what was the name of the thing I kickstarted. I didn't think that was it. I think the Vikings. I think Vikings are cool because they're they have like a sort of a mythology that comes with them, but they're also like right. we 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 tried to have a mix of uh historical figures and sort of mythological figures, and we sort of had a third group which was sort of future figures, which are sort of you know our our imagination, yeah, one one, one potential future, yeah, with killer robots. Um, but Vikings, the Viking has sort of in our game has sort of turned into he sort of can call 
for blessings of his gods, and he has a magic rune stone and stuff. So he's yeah. he's blurred the lines between. He's not just a historical Viking, I guess, but that's, I think that's part of the appeal of Vikings in the first place is the mythology that comes with them. It's a little different than what we're used to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess ultimately what the most popular pop culture Viking is, what, Thor? So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's pretty popular. Chris Hemsworth has made him <laughs> yes. a lot more popular than he used to be. It's pretty amazing. So there, that's that's who you need to come and wear. Get to wear the Eric the Viking. Oh, he's gonna be in it actually. Yeah, he's that's the surprise. When surprise. you when you take his head off instead of a game, it's, it's just Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, <laughs> it blew most of the budget, but yeah, <laughs> and he complains a lot, but it's in that delightful accent. And he so. plays he plays like really uh, defensively. When yeah, you, when, you play, when you play when you play headhunters against him. Yeah, but if you can get him angry, you wouldn't like him. Know. That's a different. Character. No, that's a different. <laughs> so, I actually wanted to ask you a little bit more about your your description of the the gameplay for Headhunters, and the the first thing was a pretty narrow one. You talked about moving a a figure around. Is is your figure that you're talking about another one of the hexes, or does the the space inside the big toy head contain a smaller figure that you move around on the table? No, you move around the big figure. The, oh, the, the big figure. Okay. Yeah. I, so it's a it's a miniature with quotes around it because it's, right. uh, it's a pretty big miniature. So yeah, you're moving that big figure around, and that's your figure that you're using to determine, you know, if if you're in range, if you have light of sight, if you're, you know, if you have cover, etc. Um, so you're moving this big toy around with his head, hopefully his or her head stack on. on. Yeah. Um, and you're moving that around. To, to attack the other figure. And it looks cool when you're, like, for people walking yeah. by the table and you see these big sort of toys, yeah. you know, facing off. And it's, it's striking. Yeah. Two related questions. How big are the hexes and how much table space does this usually take up? Well, uh, the the game is 30 inches by 30 inches. Um, you can play on bigger boards. Well, you know, I, I often with miniatures games play, we play on, like, whatever table we're on to save the space. Um, the figure himself, we have a prototype here. I'm measuring, I don't remember. He's a, yeah, he's a little more than five inches tall. So they're pretty big. And the hex is fit inside, so he has sort of a hex head, if you can imagine. And there's pictures on Board Game Geek, and you can go to Gutshot Games, the Twitter account. He's posting more uh, cards and pictures of the, of the figures and stuff. The hexes are about three inches. So, they're big enough to have, they have full art, and you can see the cards, like I said, you can see the cards, they look, they're looking really, really nice. And so there's plenty of room for a text box and, and stats and things on the cards. And they're also big enough for the base of the figure to stand on when they're terrain. So each figure comes with one building card that starts in play. So, for example, um, the Viking has a longhouse that starts in play. The Anubis warrior starts in a tomb. So they start in these buildings. These buildings also give them an ability when they enter them. So, but they can be destroyed as well. Okay. And now you just, so people know where we go to look. You mentioned the, on Twitter. Now, Gutshot Games is the obvious sort of thing at Gutshot Games. Yep. And you guys, you guys being super awesome games, have a Twitter, but it's Elephant Michael? <laughs> At Elephant Michael. Yeah, what, what doesn't make sense about that? <laughs> Tell him the story. Oh, so we went to Tufts and the Tufts, Tufts University, Tufts, uh, in Boston and, uh, the, L, the, it was founded by P.T. Barnum. 
So jumbo, they were, they're the jumbos. We're, we are jumbos, the Tufts University jumbos. So we wanted an elephant to be, so the elephant's part of our logo also. And then we had to give him a name, of course, like he's not a name, we're not savages. Yeah. So, his name, well, I think he just, that was his name. His we, name, we, we, we didn't name him. We sort of found him. We don't own him. Yeah. Like he had a name. This and, is getting weird. Yeah, well, <laughs> and his name is Michael. Michael the, the elephant. elephant. Yeah. So, at Elephant Michael. I mean, that just, it just sort of couldn't make more sense. It rolls that. off the tongue. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you did, you did come up when I searched on Twitter for super awesome games, but, uh, you know, I usually start by going at super awesome. Nope. No, that's not, that's not helping. No. <laughs> no, we're trying to, it's a new trend. It's a new, yeah. <laughs> Although I do see it sometimes. I'll see someone like write a tweet and they'll go like, you know, at Barack Obama, at Hello Kitty, yeah, forty two Timmy, and I'm like, yeah. I, well, I don't know who that is. Yeah, you know, like, well, we're tra- some people have these weird Twitter. Accounts. We're trying to keep a low Twitter profile, right? That's why we have Twitter. Yeah, to keep it. Our tweets are low. We're like under the radar. Our tweets are like chicken tweets. Like they don't, they don't <laughs> just fly. They're just <laughs> tweets from down like on the ground. <laughs> This is getting really weird. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I agree, right? The, the purpose of Twitter is to not have anyone notice what you're doing. That's the entire right. reason people go on Twitter. That's right, what it's we're a doing. Secret. It's, yeah. it's a way to tell secrets. I go on Twitter all the time and don't, and I don't look at anything. Right. I just open it, I turn away, and then I try to close it without looking. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at a tweet right now that has Lechuza cards and then Art of the of Lechuza. She's a witch. Do we mention her? We did, right? She's the witch. You, you said that there was a winch, and then you said something about we shall not speak of her. <laughs> she turns into she can turn into an owl, which that seems cool, right? Like she can turn into an owl and fly around. But she also like will make the sound of a baby crying outside of your house, and then when you come out, she'll kill you and eat you. She's horrible. She's she's a real mythology. Uh, yeah, she's, she's a Mexican. Mythological. Well, some of the stuff, like Ben mentioned, the Viking is, you know, the Amazon uh, or the, the, you know, the, the robot. There are sort of more archetypal, like standard things. And then, and then, uh, collaborating with James and then the, the writer we, was uh, to come up with uh, some more like esoteric co- concepts, like like mm-hmm. the Chusa. So some some weirdos mixed in there with the, <laughs> yeah with the yeah. Standard. She's really grown on me though. Maybe it's her magic that's doing I, it. I like your designs. Oh, oh, well, and, and she is one of the the playable. So they've got you yeah, on the Twitter feed. There's the 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 four playable headhunters. There's they've got three of them. One is Eric Bannison, the Viking. Yep. Badru, that looks like he's the Egyptian guy based yep. on the tiles. And yes. then Lechuza, and I guess the the fourth one yet to be revealed. Secret. <laughs> it's it's not a secret. No, it's. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those semi, semi-secret things. It's like when you're gonna announce your vice presidential pick, you officially don't announce it until one day, but everybody knows the day before. <laughs> like it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> or like every signing in the NBA or whatever. Right. Yeah. Four days later. It's a press conference. The Celtics just did that. They're like, we have a really important announcement. And then they announced that they signed Al Horford. I don't know if you're a, Al Horford, are you in Atlanta? I, I am in Atlanta. You yep. stole one. Do you follow basketball? In a vague way, so I, I I can't say I'm outraged that, like, some Atlanta... No one in Atlanta seems to actually care about the Hawks. <laughs> so, I mean, All right, I, fair uh, enough. Well, they, well, thanks for Al Horford. Pretty, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but they, I mean, everyone knew about it four days, and they had yeah. a press conference. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, Al Horford. 
Yeah, we're up, we're up in New England. In case that's not. Oh clear. yeah, yeah. We're, yeah. So, right, well, I got, you, you said you went to to, to, to college in Boston. I, I guess yeah. I didn't know if you were still there. We're in Rhode Island. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But uh, little roadie, little roadie. Where there's lots of chickens, actually, roadie reds. Yes, and and and, and, and right, and 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 Rhode Island started out with a bunch of people from Massachusetts. So absolutely, yeah. Uh, the true freedom is in Rhode Island. The true freedom. Yeah. What is that? That's Roger Williams left Massachusetts. It sounds like a cult. Because it was too no, because he they weren't allowing him to practice his religion how he wanted to. Yeah, I just mean which you is sort of ironic. You sound like a cult. Oh when, yes. When you yeah. make your big white eyes and the you, true <laughs> yeah. freedom is here. Uh, everyone come here. That's our next game. True freedom. If you send a thousand dollars to at Elephant Michael on Twitter. <laughs> I will tell you the secret to the universe. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I, I, I suspect I, I in, in the the land of things that are completely irrelevant to everyone. I actually worked on a Supreme Court brief once that required me to research religion and establishment in the early in the colonies and oh. in the early United States. But oh. I don't, I don't think that's why anyone uh, tunes in. To this show. I think that's interesting. Yes. I have a religion degree, though, so it might be more interesting to me than that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was interesting enough to, like, sort of study it for four years. Sort of. Mostly play Star Trek. Hi, Mom and Dad! And then... Yeah. And then, and then <laughs> I took it very seriously. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, seriously. <laughs> if, if it's a board game-related legal thing, I, uh, I feel a little bit... You can jump right on there, yeah. Freedom to do that, but, uh... Did you talk about the th- the the bang stuff or that or no? Uh, Did that not happened yet? Maybe. No, weird, weirdly enough, Jay and I. Uh, so so the ordering of this is this. As you notice at the top of this, this is episode one eighty nine. Episode one eighty seven just came out, so we're recording this on on the fourteenth. Episode one eighty seven came out this morning. This is one eighty nine. We accidentally ended up. We we not accidentally we randomly ended up recording an episode 188 in in between that was unplanned. So this may act was will likely actually come out before 188. That's awesome. a bit strangely, but but in 187, Jay and I actually talked about Bang, but there was some issues with Jay's audio during that segment, so it did not end up in the episode. Uh. But yes, it it actually came up, yeah, because they. Okay. So th- I didn't know if that had happened. I couldn't remember. No, yeah, that that, that that's yeah, that's happened, and I guess they could still appeal it. But I, it seems pretty consistent with what they've done so far, right? I mean, the the main point being that a Chinese company took the Western themed Bang game, just completely copied all the mechanics, but redid the theming and and made it a Romance of the Three Kingdoms theme. When they released it in the United States, the the company that releases Bang sued them and ended up losing because the judge, well, they they're allowed to copy your mechanics. The mechanics are not not important by, at all. As every every gamer knows, it's just the pictures. Just the pictures. That really. Yes, yes. The pictures, the potentially the words too. If you like, you you can. Co- it, it's sort of interesting, right? The the rules mechanics are not protected, but I. But possibly, if I just literally copied your rule book, then you could hit me with a copyright claim. Right. 
And I think names of cards and things are probably the, more the effective. name. Yes, I mean if 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 they took the art, the art is copyrighted. If they took the names, the names. They probably didn't actually like register trademarks in the names or something, but if you just listed all the names, then you would you'd probably be able to get them on a, a trademark, right? Well, I thought what's interesting with the bang stuff is both sides admitted it was the same game. Like, is that normal? Like they said, right. they said, oh yeah, we're not debating that we totally ripped off your. We're debating whether we have the right to do that. Right? No, no, yeah, yeah. They, uh, I, I don't think that's standard in. I was pretty surprised. This like, sort of thing. Because, oh, he said it. Which I, you know, as a illegal professional, I say I I applaud at least you know a litigant not pointlessly arguing. I, I mean, I guess you can go in there and try to say no, we we completely independently came up with exactly the same game. Right. I swear. Right. I, but they obviously copied it. So, so I mean, may, maybe it was just there were documents out there basically saying that they had they had copied it. They, they mean they. Who knows? I mean, they may have. Depending on the circumstance, especially since it was released in China, I think maybe five years before they actually released it in the United States, and right. China at least has a reputation for being less concerned about that. They may have just explicitly said when they released it, "Look, we took this awesome game and we made it for you guys." I, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's true. I felt like it was weird. Like, I then I thought I, I was trying to compare to like movies or something that's sort of more mainstream. I was like, no, but people just sort of remake, especially foreign movies, as American movies, and they don't often are paying royalties or whatever. I don't know how it works. Right? Like, I don't know. You, The Departed is just a remake of a... Internal Affairs. Yeah. I, I think that depends on how, how literally we're talking about it being a, a remake. I, I think I because that that is you're talking about the, the story then, and yeah. the story is a protectable creative element if you have a I equate the story to the mechanics of a board game right like that's how I look at it, it well it, maybe it's the rules of the board game it, right? yeah they're not really the I mean the, the rules are, are a practical functional thing and you cannot have a you can't copyright something that's functional you can't even like oh. even the, the trade dress of something which in, in a, a trade dress is like a trademark is something like uh like okay here's a word or here's a symbol trade dress is the look and feel of a product and so there you've had there've been litigation that goes around about if something about the product is functional it cannot be trade dress i see in in, okay. in general terms so you know you you have things like oh well like there's this famous I don't know but I don't even remember what it was but it was about like a some sort of sign that you put down that was designed I think to be hard to blow over and you know they'd say oh what's well, part of our distinctive trade dress design to have these like dual springs on the back and the way they and they, they ended up suing somebody and they and the other, they lost because the other side well not the springs are functional we we use the springs because they're a good functional design i right. so you can't like you don't have a, they're not patented but it's it's we use the sponge to soak up liquid well yes <laughs> that's what sponges do yeah i, I think on one of the recent uh, two episodes ago on the Dice Tower, Jeff Engelstein actually talked about this. And his, I mean, it, I, I think his sort of take was, my, my gut instinct as a designer was that this was an awful ruling. On the other hand, if if this isn't the ruling, does the board game industry then become mired in lawsuits about exactly what counts an acceptable versus unacceptable copying? Does right. Kalis come and go, oh, wait, all you guys who have worker placement games? <laughs> 
I don't right. Know. I don't know. So that's a tricky one. Yeah. But uh, another legal uh, primer on on Strange Assembly. Oh, also by the way, none of you out there can in any way, shape, or form rely on anything I just said. Contact your <laughs> or, or us. Wait, most of the stuff we said is true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You you can say whatever you want. I just uh, <laughs> I, I didn't find that booth number, but it's two eight six two. Two eight six two. Okay, so so if if you're going to Gen Con, you can check out the Gutshot Games booth. It's booth two eight six two. You'll you'll have a nice map there once you're you're at Gen Con. You can see where, unless you happen to know where in the. Well, they've moved it to an even bigger space this year than they than it was before, right? I think so. I mean, it's just it. Well, or they expanded into the football stadium, maybe. I did hear that they have done that. I think they actually have things over into, man, I'd say Gen Con has blown up. That makes it sound like it wasn't huge before, but, but man, it is getting there. So at the Gutshot Games booth at Gen Con, whether or not you're at Gen Con, it is, well, it's anticipated that Headhunters is going to show up on Kickstarter later this year. Definitely this fall. Yep. Okay. So, uh, folks can check it out there and, and, and I will make sure that we, we throw, Something up on Strange Assembly since this is the it's part of our Jack Vassal Memorial Fund service. Here, a little follow. Great charity, amazing. Yep. All right, let's see which we could go over the little. So that's gutshotgames.com. If you want to check that out, and I, I think the if you just go to that main page, it's going to be all about uh, headhunters right now. Yep. They are at Gutshot Games on Twitter. You guys are at Elephant Michael on Twitter, and your superawesomegames.net. .net. .net, we're bringing it back. Bringing it back. Yeah. Because that way we capture a lot of interest. Yeah, because it's a net. net. Yeah. Right? That's not... Oh. No. I I think you're obligated to make some sort of Pokeball reference at this point. Oh, catch all all of the Super Awesome games. (laughs) The Jack Bassel Memorial Fund, you can find more information at jackbassel.org. That's J-A-C-K-V-A-S-E-L dot org. So, uh, again, I just wanted to I'll, I thank Tom Vassell for, for setting up the, the Memorial Fund and thank Gutshot Games for uh, contributing to to that fund. Great job, James. Thanks, James. So, thanks, everybody. You have been listening to Strange Assembly. You can find us on the web at www.strangeassembly.com. You can download the podcast there or on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts may be found. You can visit us on social media. We're facebook.com slash strangeassembly and at strangeassembly on Twitter. If you'd like to get a hold of me directly, I always like to hear from our listeners. I'm chris at strangeassembly.com. But until then, for Ben Chikoski and Danny Mandel, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming. No good. No good. <laughs> you said do something <laughs> weird. <laughs>